Welcome to the Matt Watch That Podcast, the place for reviews, rants, and randomness. I'm your host, Matt Sarosky, filmmaker, film fan. Each episode, I'm going to watch a movie or TV pilot that I probably should have seen but never got around to. It could be a recent favorite, critic's choice, or cult classic. Everyone can join in on the fun. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've discussed or suggestions as to what I should see next, use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. Before we start, when I stayed home from school or had a day off, before popping in my favorite VHS tapes, I would tune into game shows which were prevalent on the airwaves from mid-morning to afternoon. Almost every network had them on because they're cheap to produce. Joker's Wild, Scrabble, Name That Tune, Tic-Tac-Doe, Card Sharks. Even Nickelodeon hopped onto the trend with Double Dare, Nick Arcade, Finders Keepers, and Legends of the Hidden Temple, which was actually the same set as Finders Keepers except Mayan-themed. If anyone cares to understand why I know so many soap opera stars and B-level celebrities from the 70s and 80s, it's because they appeared on game shows. I'm the only person under the age of 60 that does a Paul Lind impression, just from watching him as the center square on Hollywood Squares. So I'm gonna name my top five favorite game shows from childhood. Number five, $10,000 Pyramid. Later, the $25,000 Pyramid. Later, the $100,000 Pyramid. Hosted by Dick Clark. My only problem with this show is that you couldn't play along. The answers were displayed on the screen for you, so your only participation is basically shouting the answers out at the screen to the contestants who can't hear you. Number four, Win, Lose, or Draw. It was co-created by Burt Convy and Burt Reynolds. Yes, Smokey and the Bandit, Burt Reynolds. The set was actually a replica of his living room, where he would play the game with his celebrity friends. Burt Convy would host the syndicated version. Number three, Supermarket Sweep could be the most unlikely game show ever, but it's utterly addicting and frustrating. I can't tell you how many times I've flipped out over people with an empty cart filling it with diapers. I know they're expensive, but they took up so much space. Those are items you pile on an already filled cart. Strategy, people. Number two, Family Feud. I grew up with Ray Combs as host. He started out as a stand-up comedian. Then he did the audience warm-ups for sitcoms The Golden Girls and Facts of Life. I thought he was great. Lots of high energy. They also did theme episodes with the American Gladiators and WWF wrestlers, so it was always fun to watch. Number one, Super Password, hosted by Burt Convey. Now, they too would display the answers on screen, but the five passwords led to an overall puzzle that everyone had to figure out. They had some great celebrity contestants including Marky Post, Richard Mall, Vicki Lawrence, Dick Godier, and Betty White, whose late husband Alan Ludden was the original host. Now, I have to make a caveat. 
For the people who know me, my favorite game show is probably Match Game. Brett Summers and Charles Nelson Riley are hilarious together. And you knew when they were on their fourth or fifth show of the day because all the celebrities were half in the bag. But Match Game was no longer on when I started watching game shows, and it wasn't rebroadcast. So I hadn't heard of the show until I was in my late 20s when the Game Show Network started to air them again. I also wanted to give a special shout out to Press Your Luck. It was never one of my favorites, but those whammies were amazing. They were created and animated by Savage Steve Holland and Bill Kopp, with producer Bill Carruthers providing the voice for the characters. This is a Matt after the fact. Between the time that I recorded this podcast and right before publishing, I had additional thoughts that I'll share now. I forgot to mention Classic Concentration, hosted by Alex Trebek. You basically had to match pairs of prizes to reveal pieces of a Rebus puzzle that you had to solve. Also, there was a game called Bumper Stumpers, where the answers to questions were within vanity license plates. I'm probably one of the only people that has a recollection of this. So what are some of your favorite game shows? Hit me up on social media with the hashtag MattWatchThat. On to the main attraction. Each review will end with a ranking out of five stars. One star is Skip It. Two stars Watch at Your Own Risk. Three stars Standard Fair. Four stars Worth Checking Out. And five stars Must See. Now, if I give a title five stars, it doesn't mean I'm comparing it to Casablanca, Jaws, or Seinfeld. I rank titles based on other movies or series in that genre and at that time period. So let's jump into it. These are my ruminations and observations of the pilot episode for Justified from 2010. It was developed by Graham Yost, who wrote Speed, Broken Arrow, and Hard Rain. He also won two Primetime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Miniseries for The Pacific and From the Earth to the Moon. So how'd I miss it? Well, I'd seen a couple of promos, but I just wasn't interested in it at the time. But then I started watching The Santa Clarita Diet, which I did a recommendation for last season on the podcast. Such a quirky show, and I thought Timothy Oliphant was really good in it. So I wanted to give him another shot in a different type of series. So here I am. It was directed by Michael Dinner, who helmed Chicago Hope, Masters of Sex, Sneaky Pete, and won a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Directing in a Comedy Series for The Wonder Years. The teleplay was written by Graham Yost. It's based on the novel Fire in the Hole by Elmore Leonard, writer of Get Shorty, Mr. Majestic, Rum Punch, and Out of Sight. He has a type. This is something to look out for. Dougie Doug uses a Jamaican accent in the series, hearkening back to his role in the movie Cool Runnings, which I have to do a Matt Forgot That rewatch and review of. It was based on the true story about the Jamaican bobsled team who competed in the 1988 Winter Olympics. Raylan Givens is a deputy U.S. marshal. No nonsense. Wears a suit. Cowboy hat. The Dallas Businessman Special. A modern John Wayne. You know, without all the racism. He calmly approaches Tommy Bucks, a mob hitman, who he threatened 24 hours earlier to get out of town or he'd shoot him on sight. Joins him at the table, staring across from each other. They have a contemporary showdown at high noon. As Tommy tries to negotiate, Raylan counts down how much time the hitman's got left to leave. Tensions mount. When Tommy quickly pulls a gun, Raylan shoots him. Even though the killing was justified, Chief Deputy U.S. Marshal Dan Grant admonishes Raylan for the public killing. He informs him that this will be all over the nightly news and the U.S. Attorney will have a lot of questions. 
Raylan Givens is portrayed by Timothy Oliphant, who starred in Scream 2, Gone in 60 Seconds, Live Free or Die Hard, and the underrated TV series Damages. Chief Deputy U.S. Marshal Dan Grant is played by Matt Craven, who is in Jacob's Ladder, A Few Good Men, Crimson Tide, and the underrated TV series Resurrection. They arrive at the U.S. Attorney's Office for an inquiry over the shooting death of Thomas Francis Buckley, a.k.a. Tommy Bucks. When Chief Deputy U.S. Marshal Grant starts to explain that the office conducted an internal investigation of the proceedings, Raylan interrupts him and cuts through the spin. He pulled first, I shot him. After the meeting, Chief Deputy U.S. Marshal Grant notifies Raylan that due to the amount of havoc this event has caused, he's reassigning him to the office at the Eastern District of Kentucky. He talked to the chief, Art Mullen, who knew Raylan when they taught firearms together at Glencoe. Raylan protests as he grew up in Kentucky and had no desire to go back. I don't blame him. I'm not trying to talk badly about Kentucky, but I also don't have any listeners from there, so... Raylan is greeted by Chief Deputy U.S. Marshal Mullen, who is acted by Nick Searcy, known for Fried Green Tomatoes, Moneyball, The Shape of Water, and an uncredited appearance in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. He tells Raylan that even though he worked exclusively on cases with fugitives, in the Kentucky office he'll be assigned to fugitives, witness relocation, judicial protection, forfeitures, and prisoner transport. Everyone does everything. His first assignment will be in Harlan County, where he grew up. The U.S. attorney is trying to build a case against Boyd Crowder, a veteran of the Army who got on their radar for not paying taxes, and was sentenced to prison at Alderson. When he came out, he got involved in the Patriot Movement, a white supremacist group that terrorizes small towns. His latest act was blowing up a church in a predominantly African-American community. Boyd Crowder is performed by Walton Goggins, who starred in the series The Shield, Sons of Anarchy, Vice Principals, and Deep State, as well as movies Django Unchained and The Hateful Eight. He suspected his partner in crime to be an informant, so he murdered him, a scene which Raylan is called to the next morning. Here's a quote without context. Heidi, Heidi, Heidi Ho. Out of all the series I've reviewed on this podcast, Justified could be the one I'm most excited about continuing. Unfortunately, it's only streaming on Hulu, which I don't have at the moment, but my birthday is coming up, so maybe I'll get a gift card. The opening image was great. A profile of Raylan Givens in his suit and cowboy hat. Then the camera tilts down and he's poolside in Miami. There's salsa music playing. He just looks completely out of place. Timothy Oliphant does a great job with the character. Very straight-laced. Even the way he delivers jokes is completely dry. Very different from his role in the Santa Clarita Diet. I wanted to mention two additional actors who are pivotal in the storyline. Winona Hawkins is a court reporter and ex-wife of Raylan Givens. She's performed by Natalie Z of The Detour and The Unicorn Fame, the latter co-starring with Walton Goggins. I think I butchered her name in the recommendation section when I talk about The Detour, so I apologize. Ava Crowder is the widow of Bowman Crowder, brother of Boyd, and a love interest of Raylan. She's played by Joelle Carter, who is in High Fidelity and episodes of Prime Suspect, Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, and Chicago Justice. The pilot was shot in Miami in rural towns in Pennsylvania. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I enjoy watching series shot in places outside of Los Angeles and New York, but this really felt backwards. Like, I wouldn't be safe without a gun. Speaking of, there was a good amount of action that involved shootouts. If you're a fan of Elmore Leonard, this shouldn't be a surprise. It's not done to excess, at least in the pilot episode, and Raylan only shoots when necessary. 
What the writers do well is the dialogue. There's a lot of tension that gets built up in scenes through the conversations the characters have. It's very effective. Probably what I most enjoyed. Overall, a strong episode beginning to end. Now for a little trivial trivia. Walton Goggins would keep the white supremacist tattoos on his body when out in public. Apparently, he wanted to feel the ire of people and use that for his character. The cinematography was captured by Edward J. Pei, whose filmography includes Howling 4, The Freaks, my opinion the best one, the miniseries The Stand, and episodes of Lost, Heroes, and Agent Carter. It was edited by Victor Dubois, who worked on 30-something, Profiler, Roswell, and Grey's Anatomy. The score was composed by Steve Percaro, who is best known as the keyboardist for Toto, alongside his brothers Jeff and Mike. He co-wrote the song Human Nature for Michael Jackson, which reached number 7 on the Billboard Hot 100. The runtime is 50 minutes. Episodes range from 37 to 53 minutes. It won two Primetime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Art Direction for a Single Camera Series and Outstanding Guest Actor in a Drama Series for Jeremy Davis. I give it... Four and a half out of five stars. Justified was on for six seasons, 78 episodes from 2010 to 2015. If you've seen Justified and have opinions on the series, let me know what you think using the hashtag MattWatchThat. Moving right along, each episode, I'm going to post clips that I think people should watch. It could be movie trailers, music videos, interviews, or something completely random. Search for my YouTube page and there will be a playlist called Matt Watch That Playback. Alright, I've already spoken about my fondness for game shows, so I thought it would be fun to share a few clips from them. There are some great compilations on YouTube and I can spend hours watching them all. I chose three for your enjoyment. The first was a fast money prank on Family Feud, where the first contestants got 200 points on her own, and host Ray Combs decided to have some fun with the second contestant. The second are the funniest game show answers of all time. Some can be crass, but ultimately it's fun to hear what people come up with under pressure. The last clip is one of my favorites from Family Feud up in Canada. The question was, what is Popeye's favorite food? And the woman rang in with the utmost of confidence and even gave a little dance as she said the answer that was so incorrect. Brings a smile every time. They're all available in the Matt Watch That playback playlist on YouTube. Check it out. Now it's time for the recommendation. Yes, that's the word recommendation with Matt in the middle. I'm going to end each podcast with my own recommendation of a movie or TV series. Today I'm talking about The Detour, created by Jason Jones and Samantha Bee both alumni of The Daily Show. The series was based on their own experiences with their children. It follows the Parker family as they travel in a minivan from Syracuse, New York, to Fort Lauderdale, Florida for a family vacation. Though unbeknownst to his wife and kids, Nate was fired from his job, and the trip is a somewhat of a smokescreen so he can be a whistleblower to take down his former company. It was definitely inspired by the National Lampoon's vacation movies, but certainly more raw and edgy. Sometimes they try a little too hard to push the envelope, but it doesn't take away from the overall enjoyment of the show. I would say it found its footing in episode 4 called The Restaurant. It stars Jason Jones as Nate, the father, Natalie Zaya as Robin, the wife, 
and their twin children, Delilah and Jared, are played by Ashley Garismovich and Liam Carroll. Starting in season two, they're pursued by Agent Edie, who is played by Broadway star Laura Benanti, who appeared on stage in Gypsy, Into the Woods, The Wedding Singer, and Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. She also played Melania Trump on episodes of The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. What was unique about the series is that all seasons took place in different locations, and the storylines varied, but the heart of the show is the family. They're certainly dysfunctional and do some questionable things, but they're never unlikable, at least to me. I have a high tolerance. It's not meant to be taken seriously, and it's an easy watch. For 22 minutes, just enjoy the ride, don't think too much about it, and enjoy the escapades of the Parkers. The Detour was on for four seasons, 42 episodes, from 2016 to 2019. That's all for this edition of Matt Watch That. Thanks for listening to me babble. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've discussed or suggestions as to what movie or TV pilot I should see, use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. Head over to MattSarosky.com for the latest news and updates, and come back next time for all the reviews, rants, and random he also co-wrote the song Human Nature for Michael Jackson, which reached number three on the Billboard Hot 100. Nope, number seven. <laughs> I don't know how to read. He also co-wrote the song Michael Jackson. No, he didn't co-write a song. Ugh. Apparently, I don't know how to read. <laughs> Starting in season two, they're pursued by Agent Edie, who is played by Broadway star Laura Benanti, who appeared on stage in Gypsy, Into the Woods, The Wedding Singer, and Women on the Nerve of a Verges... Women on the Nerve? <laughs>